1: The ag world moves fast and keeping up to date with what's going on can be tough. Hannah Thompson-Weeman is the president and CEO of Animal Ag Alliance, a group formed to help farmers and processors in the world of animal ag. She's going to catch us up on what's going on with some key court cases and what we need to keep in mind when it comes to anti-animal ag activists. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Hannah, let's start with an overview of some of the most pressing issues Wisconsin farmers need to know about right now.
0: Unfortunately, just like usual, there is no shortage of issues facing the animal agriculture community, whether it's legislation, or whether it's um, pressure on our restaurant retail customers, or on-farm, in-plant activism. One of the big things that the Alliance is keeping an eye on right now is one of the most extreme animal rights organizations, Direct Action Everywhere. They're based in Berkeley, California, but they have supporters across the country, and they have traveled to different states to conduct various activist stunts from break-ins, theft of animals, large-scale protests, supply chain disruptions, targeting every sector of animal agriculture, including dairy. Uh, But one recent example, they actually finally did almost face some consequences for some of their actions where there are legal cases in a few different states for uh, stunts that this group has conducted over the years. So about a year ago, the first of those trials happened in North Carolina. And in that incident, one of the direct action everywhere leaders had stolen a goat back in 2018. And in that trial late last year, he was guilty for breaking and entering and theft for taking that goat. This year, just now, this month, we've seen another trial held in Utah dealing with two activists that went into a Smithfield facility and took piglets. In this case, unfortunately, after about a week-long trial and the jury deliberating for about eight hours, they were found not guilty of the charges, which were um, breaking into a facility and stealing those pigs. They were found not guilty. That, unfortunately, has led to a lot of celebration in the activist community. They believe that it is leading to support for what they call open rescue. But, of course, we would consider that to be trespassing theft, and there's a lot of very good reasons why we don't want anyone coming into our facilities without following biosecurity protocols or knowing proper uh, ways to be around animals to avoid hurting the livestock or even hurting themselves. So we believe that that court case verdict is going to lead to an uptick in activism. So we're really urging farmers, ranchers, plant owners and operators to be very aware of potential increases in break ins theft of animals because of the outcome of that trial.
1: It was interesting in that trial because Or jury kind of went against what the law was, correct?
0: That was one of the very interesting pieces of the, the court case. And, of course, no one was in the jury room. So some of this is secondhand. Some of this are things that were shared on social media by the activists. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But according to one of the activists that was in, involved in the trial, tweeted that in conversations with jurors, they shared that uh, it really wasn't about the law. It was about what they felt the activists were trying to do the right thing and trying to help these pigs versus trying to take something of value. And that was a main point of the trial was a lot of discussion about the value of the pigs that were taken. But of course, for again, all of us who have that awareness of animal agriculture, we know that going into a barn and taking an animal, it's not just about that animal that you've taken, it's about potentially what harm you've caused, what you've exposed the rest of the animals in that farm, potentially to not to mention the broader ramifications of trying to malign the reputation of the animal agriculture community and disrupt the supply chain. So it really came down to a lot of discussion of the value of these piglets. Were they taking something of value when I think most of us would say that's not really the bigger picture here, but it seems like that's what it came down to. And there were a couple holdouts on the jury, again, according to one of the activists who tweeted saying there were a couple holdouts on the jury who just did not feel that it was right to convict the activists and ended up convincing the whole jury to, to go that same way.
1: Wow, that is interesting, but not in a good way. So activists are getting bolder and trying new tactics. Farmers need to be aware, but what should they be watching for?
0: You should constantly have farm security top of mind at all times, really, but especially at these moments when we're saying there's potential concern, um, especially when your sector of animal protein might be getting more attention, we should always be vigilant about farm security. And first, the most important thing you can do is be beyond reproach. So before you even think about the security aspect, just make sure that your commitment to animal care, being a good neighbor, being a responsible steward of the environment is really ingrained in the culture of your farm. So that comes down to training you provide your employees, communication you do with your neighbors, just making sure that you are doing the right thing every single time, no matter who is watching. Now, we've seen in the past that you can be doing everything right and still be targeted. So you do need to keep security top of mind. One of the most important things is just awareness that some of these incidents have happened, that someone has gone onto a dairy farm and stolen a calf before, that people have gone onto farms and uh, conducted quite a bit of filming and then released the filming months later. So it's not always people getting hired. You might have heard, hear a lot about those quote unquote undercover videos, but a lot of recent activism, it doesn't even involve someone getting hired. It's just trespassing onto the property. It's even trying to build relationships with employees to get access using things like drones, parking on public property. So being aware of some of these things and keeping your eye out for anything suspicious, somebody parking and seems to be watching your operations, those drones flying over, suspicious visitors that you're not sure about. Being mindful of that and always trusting your gut to ask more questions to verify. There are also basic farm security measures you can take to make your property a harder target. Things like motion sensor lighting, your own cameras, gates and fencing, locking facilities, uh, as well as having no trespassing signage. So just taking some basic steps to protect your facility while keeping your eyes out for anything of concern.
1: That's a good reminder for all of us. It's a little difficult for many of us who have both crops and livestock. This time of year, we're in the fields, and sometimes the dooryards are pretty empty. And that's
0: what activist groups take advantage of. They know about seasonality of agriculture. They try to look for vulnerabilities and for timeliness to try to launch these types of campaigns. So unfortunately, we can't ever let our guard down, and we have to constantly be aware. And then we also have to make sure that everyone who's on our farm, whether it's your family member, your employees, maybe even your neighbors also knows about your potential concerns so they can help both be your eyes and ears and also so they know what to do if someone pulls in the driveway and what to do if something happens that doesn't seem quite right.
1: Okay, say we come across someone on the side of the road taking photos of our property or flying a drone over our farm, how do we talk to them? We don't want to be hostile to people with good intentions, but we want to keep our farm safe. It is
0: really important if you do encounter any type of, whether it's a protest, something that you know is related to activism, or just a suspicious individual, drone operator, the first thing you have to do is always keep your cool and remember that you are representing not only yourself and your farm, but the broader animal. Agriculture community and the absolute things they want is for you to get frustrated with them to again lose your cool, come off as aggressive. So we need to make sure we're always in the back of our minds that we need to be positively representing and depicting animal agriculture. With that being in mind, you also never need to answer questions or get drawn into debates or back and forth. Just keep in mind if this person is an activist, they already have their mind made up, and no farm tour or trying to talk to them is going to change their perception. It's just going to. potentially give them things they can try to use in their broader campaigns and efforts. So first of all, just always keep in mind, be professional, uh, represent yourself the way you would want to be live streamed across the internet, because if it's an activist, you probably are, um, being so. The only thing you ever need to say to any of the, any, anyone suspicious is informing them if they are trespassing. If it's not someone who is clearly trespassing or flying a drone over your property or protesting, I would still recommend contacting law enforcement, and that goes double for someone who is trespassing. We have enough examples from across the country uh, of these suspicious incidents that you should feel completely justified calling local law enforcement, maybe not 911, but maybe the non-emergency number, and just saying there's someone suspicious, could someone come out and have a conversation with them? The more that we can allow law enforcement to have that dialogue, the better, rather than ourselves, again, potentially getting drawn into a back and forth or something adversarial. Uh, So we would just recommend first documenting, so getting pictures of the car, getting pictures of of whoever the individual might be. If you can get license plate information, that's extremely helpful. So first, trying to document yourself and then approach them. Sometimes they will just start leaving. Uh, Other times they will stay around. And again, all you need to do is inform them if they are trespassing. You can inquire about what they're doing. But if it starts turning adversarial and they start asking questions about your farm or saying things about animal agriculture, it's best to simply walk away and let law enforcement handle it.
1: Going back to court cases, can you share an overview on where we are with Prop 12 going to the Supreme Court last month and any other cases that we should know about?
0: The Supreme Court case regarding Prop 12 is definitely something that the Alliance is watching. As a nonprofit, we don't lobby, but we absolutely recognize the potential and federal legislation to impact the future of animal agriculture. And the Prop 12 case is probably the biggest headline right now because the result of that case um, will really have lasting modification for are able to produce food as tactics that activist groups have used. Obviously, getting state-level legislation passed regarding housing and other production methods has been a major tactic of those groups, and this Supreme Court case is really the first time that's being tested, because Prop 12 in California and the similar legislation in Massachusetts apply to not only producers in those states, but producers across the country, which is exactly what the activist groups were trying to accomplish. So we're staying tuned to those. Obviously, Pork is one of the biggest question marks in Prop 12, but it is certainly not a pork issue. Uh, the decision they make, which we anticipate to come in early 2023, will have lasting effect. And we think that we're going to continue to see state-level ballot initiative campaigns from activist groups. Typically, at the beginning of the year is a very busy time legislatively, so we'll be staying tuned to see what those are. A few examples of previous years, things that we've seen, you might have seen uh, state-level ballot initiatives that popped up in the last few years in Colorado and Oregon that looked at production methods, tried to reclassify certain things like AI as sexual assault of an animal. Uh, The Colorado bill would have um, defined a lifespan, a natural lifespan for certain livestock species and said they had to live one quarter of that lifespan. Oregon is even worse. Uh, It says the animals have to die of natural causes before they can be processed. And if you kill an animal in order to process them for food, that is animal cruelty. So both of those that came up previously ended up not going on the ballot for various procedural reasons, but the Oregon one has been reintroduced for the next ballot cycle, and we believe we're going to see similar legislation. Also, in recent years, we've seen state-level legislation regarding farm size, so what activists would call, quote-unquote, anti-factory farm bills, uh, but bills that would limit expansion or new farms simply based on the size of those operations. That's also been a trend Uh, And then also some other issues like antibiotic use have played out in the legislative field with laws being passed about reporting or further use restrictions that go above the federal guidelines. Uh, So certainly we think early 2023 is going to be a busy time legislatively, and we're going to see especially state-level initiatives being introduced by some of these activist organizations.
1: Another tactic activists are using is going straight to the restaurants and retail brands and making demands. How are they framing that?
0: We talked about legislation being a tactic of these groups, but they've realized that if they can get a major restaurant or retail brand to adopt a certain policy under the guise of animal welfare, when really it's about driving up costs, reducing efficiency, that's going to have a bigger, faster impact on the supply chain than trying to get legislation passed in all 50 states. So this is something we all need to be aware of, the immense pressure that our customers are under, their video campaigns, online petitions, social media – All of those efforts really target those restaurant retail food service brands almost just as much, if not more, than the individual farms. And that is something that um, was a little bit quieter during the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of restaurant and retail brands were dealing with other supply chain challenges so weren't um, feeling the need to engage as much with the uh, adversarial voices out there. But those voices are back loud and clear, pressuring brands to adopt certain policies on both animal welfare and sustainability, pushing for them to reduce their offerings of meat, dairy, poultry, and eggs to their consumers, again, under the guise that that's going to improve their sustainability metrics. So that's something we all need to be aware of, that we're all in this together in the animal protein community, and that it is not just farmers and ranchers dealing with these tactics, it's our restaurant retail partners as well. So we need to make sure we're supporting them and providing them with accurate information.
1: We can just hope that everyone takes the same stance that Domino's did several years ago when they came back and said, nope, we're going to let farmers choose how to farm.
0: It is definitely refreshing to see brands like Domino's uh, have that kind of mindset and really indicate that they have no interest in making animal welfare policies that aren't based on science and are driven by activist organizations. We should also celebrate brands when they do things we like. Sometimes in agriculture, we tend to get caught up in the negative and boy- calling for boycott. So responding to brands that we don't think are doing things that we agree with. But we also need to remember that when a brand does something that we think is positive for agriculture, we should celebrate that. We should support them uh, and make sure that they know that we appreciate the efforts that they're taking to be supportive throughout their supply chain.
1: Yes, celebrating the companies that work with farmers is always a great idea. Thanks, Hannah, for joining us. If you want to learn more about the Animal Ag Alliance, check out their website, animalagalliance.org. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.